could not hold him yes. death could not defeat him because he rules and reigns he's the I am he is the Lord all God almighty he is and was and is to come he is Jesus he's the Christ he's the healer he's my doctor he's my lawyer he's my friend that's closer than a brother he's my mother when I don't have one he's my father when I need him he is my all and all he is he is he is he is no one stands beside him he is God and God alone and his name Jesus Christ hallelujah what a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name What a name Oh, his name is Jesus Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Oh, come on, give the Lord a thundering clap of praise and thanksgiving today, will you? Come on, do it like you mean it Do it like you are Like you're in it Because you are in the presence of the Lord this morning Oh, someone shout hallelujah. Oh, come on, someone shout praise the Lord. Uh, come on, someone shout I love you, Jesus. Come on, someone say, Lord, you're a good God. Uh, and your mercy endureth forever. Woo! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And let the church shout amen, amen, amen. Well, last week I brought you a message about faith and obedience. Can you say that with me? Faith and obedience. Come on, say it again. Faith and obedience. We talked about the 10 men that were healed of leprosy. We talked about the one that came back. We mentioned the fact that that one was a Samaritan and had no right to go to a temple. Jesus said, go show yourself, and he had nowhere else to go until he figured out that he belonged at the feet of Jesus. It was in that moment, the Bible says, that he fell on his face and he worshipped him. I don't know about you, but I feel like that one leper today. I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his forgiveness. But I figured out there's no where else I can turn to there's no one else I can go and so guess what I'm going to praise him this morning I'm going to give him glory I'm going to give him Lord God almighty the things that he deserves in my high praise someone shout amen so last week we talked about the ten lepers and how they had to act in faith in obedience in order to get healed but the one had to act by faith towards God in receiving his wholeness. Someone shout wholeness. 
God did not. Listen to your pastor. God did not. If you're online, I pray that you'll shout amen. God did not save you to leave you uh, with all the rottenness of sin in your life. Uh, he saved you for one reason and one reason alone, that you, uh, that you could be made whole. Someone shout whole. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I said whole. Uh, I said whole. Why? Because we too many times settle for partial, partial, partial Christianity, partial gifts of God, partial spiritual fruit. I'm here to preach and teach to somebody today uh, that God wants to take you to a place of wholeness. Pastor, is it even available? Pastor, is it really real? I had someone recently tell me, uh, I thought that I would have been whole by now. I've been serving God for 25 years. Uh, and I looked at them and said, wholeness is not predicated on the God that we serve. Wholeness is the predication that we uh, turn back to him uh, and say, I'm nothing without you. Uh, you are my sufficiency. You are my God. You are are my king I'm nothing without you uh, I refuse to take my life in my own hand I'm gonna let him be uh, oh I'm gonna let him be the director of my life someone shout amen the issue here this morning I want to teach to you is a continuation of that faith that wholeness of that obedience so many of us want faith without obedience and God is speaking to this body and to our world to those that will hear this online and those that will heed the word of God that it's not just about faith faith is the beginning steps but faith and knowledge must have understanding and obedience you must have, not just have knowledge, you must have understanding and obedience. And that's why you come and listen to the word of God, so that the word of the Lord can work on you and be a, a sword sharper than any two-edged sword and can work in your life and cut away the things that God is trying to remove from you in order that you can become whole. I've often asked myself, what does wholeness look like? You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. What does wholeness look like? And the definition of wholeness that I find is this. That wholeness is defined not by my thoughts or my conditions or by my uh, uh, stratosphere of testing and thinking, uh, but rather it is defined by the Holy Spirit and God himself. Wholeness is when we produce the fruit of the Spirit. Wholeness is not being free from sin, although you're no longer a slave to sin. You will fight your flesh until the day you die. We find in Romans, Paul says there's a war going on, a fight that is against the flesh and the flesh against the Spirit. We know that there will be those trials and tribulations. Wholeness is not daisies in the parking lot and wonderful tulips all over and us dancing in the rain. Hello, somebody. Uh, wholeness is when you uh, allow God to complete his work in you. Uh, and that's not just in our flesh, uh, but it's peace in your soul. It's peace in the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's allowing God to do what he will with your will and your life. Life. Someone shout amen. We find in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, the Bible states and Paul writes, and the very God of what? Peace. Sanctify you what? Holy. Someone shout holy. 
you'll notice that's a W-H-O-L-L-Y. He's talking about you in your wholeness state, the state of being whole, the state of a leper being had an ear replaced and a nose grow back and fingers come back. A leper that no longer is looks like leprosy. Uh, the, the disease is no longer just stayed in your life. It hasn't just quit growing in your life. The disease has been reversed and you have been restored by the Holy Spirit and God wants to do that for you today it's a process of healing it's a continuation of walk it's walking in the spirit and not in the flesh I pray he says that you uh, uh, the God of peace sanctify you holy and then he says and I pray God your what whole spirit someone shout whole spirit oh come on shout like you're shouting for dinner come on whole spirit Say whole soul. Come on, someone say whole body. He says that God, I pray that God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. By my works, no, they're filthy rags. By my way, no, my mind is not even a drop in the bucket to the mind of God. But he says, I pray God that he will take the three areas of your life, your body, which is here on this earth, your soul, which is eternal, and your spirit, which communes with the God of heaven and earth. I want God to preserve you. I want God to keep you in the midst of the crud. I want God to take you places that you never dreamt you would go. I want you to be sanctified holy, Paul writes. Verse 24 says, faithful is he that called you. How many believe God is faithful this morning, huh? I said, how many believe God is faithful this morning? Uh, I said, how many believe God will do what he said he will do if we will have faith and obey? Who will also do it. I'm, I'm glad that he's not just faithful, but he'll do what he said he'll do. I'm glad he's not just faithful, but he, he called me. Uh, I taught our ministry class yesterday, and I was talking to them, how do I know I'm called? Uh, and here is a great another example I did not read yesterday, but he is faithful that called you. If God called you, uh, he'll equip you. He will help you. The onus is now on us to move and do what he has called us to do. Body, soul, and spirit whole someone shout whole 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 if you're online type whole w h o l e whole i want to be made whole i don't want a parcel a partial healing i don't want partial salvation i don't want partial promises this is a wholeness that must come to your thinking you will begin to be whole when you think that god and have expectations of God making you whole. I'm trying to focus this on wholeness because I'm running into and have for my ministry so many broken lives, broken and attending church, broken and worshiping, broken because they have not figured out that they're no longer a beggar, but they are a son and daughter of God. They are no longer a leper trying to get the attention of the world or somebody else to get their needs met. But they are now all in touch with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They are now in touch with the God of heaven and earth who can supply their every need. Who can connect them to the things that God 
God has promised you. But there is a wholeness that God has, but there is also faith and obedience that must come. Imagine if those young men we talked about last week would not have gone, if their faith was weak and their doubt was great, what would happen? They would have not received their healing as they went. Some of us, the Lord impressed me, I did not speak about this last week, we want visible healing in the immediate. Someone say right now. But God is trying to say that he will heal you as you go. Keep walking, keep going, keep ministering, keep journeying towards what God has because it's in that journey that God will make you whole. When you serve others, you find you're not as broken as you thought you were. When you serve others, you find that you uh, have a God that has been so merciful to you. Uh, when you serve others, you recognize in their life how fortunate you are in your own life. We all uh, have been birthed uh, of a mother and a father. Uh, and the Bible says we are few days and full of trouble. Uh, there will be trouble. Uh, the Bible says as the day appeared that the Lord will return, uh, that there's going to be great disruption and great upheaval uh, but he also says uh, where there is that great sin grace will abound more greatly than that sin you have to believe someone shout believe uh, believe is not sitting on the pew and saying uh, I'm waiting on God no uh, believing is saying I'm going to get up from where I'm at uh, and I'm going to worship like I already possess it uh, I'm going to praise God like I already have it uh, I'm going to give him glory because he made promises and his promises are sure and amen I've tried to focus you last week in this on wholeness in your lives God's will is for us through faith and obedience to his word through faith and obedience to his word you cannot have wholeness and restoration from God from the, uh, the effects of sin without obedience to God's word the scripture is themed over and over from Genesis to Revelation about this thing. It repeatedly says or talks about being renewed in the spirit. It repeatedly talks about being restored and that the canker worm has taken that God will give back. He always is talking about creating or creation, about how he can make something from nothing. It was interesting that David wrote in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God and renew in me a right spirit he was in a place where he had sinned killed a man slept with his wife and God was judging him and mentoring him but he repented and he said I know I'm a sinner and I know that it's not anybody's fault David didn't blame it on Bathsheba because she was beautiful he didn't blame it on God because he made a woman he said it's me and me alone that has sinned and fallen short in thy sight God picked him up and restored him and restored the kingdom that he made uh, today it's about newness we look and find in the New Testament that when you are born again of the water and spirit that Paul writes extensively about becoming and being made a new creature in Christ Jesus that old things have passed away and behold 
all things have wholeness is not a man concept wholeness is not a get well concept wholeness is not self wholeness is not something I can sell or buy wholeness is what comes from heaven's throne when I obey his word and have faith towards God wholeness is from heaven's spirit wholeness is from the things of God wholeness is from the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit wholeness will renew you restore you create make you new and most importantly put you back together again can I get anybody that shouts hallelujah amen praise the Lord (laughs) Jesus specializes in making broken people whole You may be sitting here or maybe online today on this beautiful summer day, this very hot summer day. But you may be here today and you may think, I am so broken. I I am finding that the enemy has taken the opportunity of our our, uh, being caught away and being isolated in the last few years as a a, a situation or an, uh, an audience of one in that he's been able to torment you with all that you have done instead of what God has done. We have focused on ourselves and our sin and our brokenness. We have remembered because we have been bored. We have been, uh, I'm going to preach for just a minute. We have been in a place where we were locked in. And that that was revealed in 2020 is still nagging your spirit in this moment today. I rebuke that spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, get thee behind us, Satan. For it is written. It is written. He said, I'll forgive you that my mercy is everlasting. Uh, that my grace will carry you uh, that I love you more than you love yourself uh, that you came and you died that I might live again Uh, he said he said he said he said he said he will forgive me of all unrighteousness if I'll just ask of that forgiveness so don't be broken in the places of this moment rebuke that spirit of doubt and that spirit of negativity negativity on your life break that spirit uh, next Sunday uh, I hope today that you will be here our bishop my bishop Wendell Hutchins will be with us uh, he will be ministering to us uh, we are going to have an amazing service uh, I hope that we can have a communion together because there is a spirit that needs to be broken this hour the spirit that was the spirit of the past the spirit of the things uh, that have tried to kill us there's a fresh breaking can I I tell you something there's some times in your life you have to have a fresh breaking a, a fresh breaking, a fresh renewing a fresh uh, uh, water from Jacob's well you have to have fresh anointing I pray you're with me next Sunday it's gonna be an amazing time I pray that you're going to be with me as him and his wife join us in our congregation. I'm so honored and I'm thankful. But let me tell you something. Jesus is in the house today and can do what you need right now in this moment. Someone shout hallelujah. Why is he came? Why did he come? He come to seek and to save them that were lost. His sole purpose was looking for broke people. Someone say broke people. It's in this moment that we find Jesus in Luke chapter 5. And he's talking, the Levi made him a great feast 
in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans uh, and of others that sat down with them. And verse 30 says, But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? My God, why are you here fellowshipping with sinners? Why are you here? I feel like we're still uh, there with the, the, the leper that was a Samaritan. I feel like uh, there was still a moment here where the woman at the well she was not uh, welcome the disciples were a little upturned noses about her whole being there my god what are we doing with samaritans uh, and here we find jesus sits down with publicans uh, and sinners those uh, that were tax collectors those uh, that were uh, not of uh, uh, the group or the circle or the clique uh, of this righteous or supposed righteous group uh, i'm here to tell you jesus answered and said unto them they that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick and i came uh, not to you that think you're righteous, uh, not to you who are self-righteous in your own ways and in your thought, uh, but he came to sinners, uh, to call sinners, uh, to be with sinners, uh, to repent, uh, to have them have repentance in their life. I'm amazed at how many of us in times of our life, seasons of our life, uh, Jesus tries to explain this to us. He tried to teach the disciples about this, uh, and yet we seemingly continue to struggle with the concept. Uh, besides the ten lepers, uh, let me tell you about a few others uh, that experienced this uh, unbelievable, amazing wholeness that came uh, from Jesus as they had faith in him and they obeyed him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20 and behold a woman which was disabled with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garments for she said within in herself if I may touch his garment I shall be made whole her expectation oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this house her expectation was not that she would feel better and that someday she hoped she got what she was looking for but rather there was something inside of her that said if I can just touch the hem of his garment I am going to be made whole this disease that I've carried for 12 years is not just going to be stopped I'm going to be restored I'm going to be made new I'm going to be what he called me her expectation was wholeness I'm here to preach to somebody change your expectation get your expectation in line with the Holy Spirit stop asking for partial miracles and partial restoration stop asking for just your children to quit drinking ask for God to change them and change their heart and mind and turn their hearts towards God stop just asking for the little stuff I serve a big God I serve a God that can heal and set free and make whole Woo! ah somebody needs to clap their hands to the Lord today ah someone needs to encourage the Lord today Lord you're able you are willing 
But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Uh, one version says, Be of good cheer. <laughs> one, one, be of good comfort. Uh, sweetheart, uh, I felt your touch. Your expectations met me before you got to me. Your faith in what I am and who I am got to me before. Because he turned in one passage and says, who touched me? And the disciples said, but Lord, there's, there's hundreds of, what, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. There was virtue that came out of me. There was someone that had expectation of me when they touched me. They had a specific prayer. They weren't praying for just God to help them. But they were praying for God to heal and restore their issues of blood stop asking come on now somebody you say well pastor I, I you know uh, I, no so many times we are afraid to ask for what we really want what we really want for fear that we might really get it you hear me use me God oh Jesus Lord help me to do your will yeah right y'all are laughing because you know it's true and you murmur right below your breath, only if it's in my will too, Lord. Lord, if it fits my plans, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, if it fits my lifestyle, Lord, I really appreciate you. God is not here to negotiate. God is not in the Holy Script to come and tell you, uh, can you please talk back to me and negotiate? God is a God of absolutes. God has said, I will heal. Uh, and if you will put yourself in line with my presence, my will, and my way, uh, I'm here to tell you, God's will in your life uh, is to deliver you from the drugs and deliver you from the sin and deliver you from the things that so easily beset you. God's will is not that you would continue in sin that grace may abound. God forbid. God is here to tell you right now that he is here and he has what you need the real issue is you and me and our expectation of him but Jesus turned about and saw her and said daughter be of good comfort thy what come on read it with me thy what faith uh, thy faith someone say faith thy faith hath made thee whole and the woman was made whole, 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 and the woman was made whole. Ah, what? From that hour. Her expectation of faith and her obedience to the Spirit of God brought forth the desire and the will and now the direction and the doing of a God that loves us. How many believe God loves us? It's not just the woman with the issue of blood, but in Matthew 15, the Bible says, and she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which huh, fall from their master's table. We meet a woman whose daughter is sick unto death uh, and the disciples are trying to shoo her away and even Jesus seemingly is so rude to her. Woman, get out of here. What's your problem? Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's what I imagine in my mind. But he did say that in jest. Look, I don't know who you think you are. Get away from me. And she said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, but there's something more pressing than my feelings. Oh, I'm going to help you right now. There's something more impressing than me being offended about the abruptness of Jesus. Uh, I could be offended. Get 
get grumpy and go away, but I won't get my miracle. You don't understand. Uh, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, she didn't want to crawl on the ground that day and get her fingers trampled in her heart. Oh, no, no. She didn't go want filthy, dirty, and sand in her teeth. And No, no, that's not. But she knew uh, that that's the only way I can get what I need. And this woman said, oh, you're not going to get rid of me that easy. Mm -mm, no, no. Because even the dogs get the, the scraps off uh, of the master's table. Uh, in this moment in my life and in yours, uh, you have to be dogged. You have to be uh, determined. You have to say, uh, I will not be denied. Uh, I will walk by faith. Uh, I will not listen to the enemy of my soul. Uh, I will do what God has promised. Someone shout amen. And Jesus answered and said, oh woman, oh woman. His tone changed immediately. I believe he was testing. He wasn't trying to be. He was testing her resolve. Oh woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And the Bible says, and her daughter was made what? Whole from that very hour. Oh, there's a theme here. The woman was made whole from that very hour. And now this daughter is alive and well from that very Why? Because there was an individual that decided that my expectations are going to overcome every obstacle of my five senses. I feel like crud, but I'm going to keep going. I don't see what I want to see. I don't feel what I want to feel. I feel like I'm out here alone on a desert, but I'm going to keep walking by faith and not by sight. Why? Because I serve a God that said he is able to do what he promised. And he's not just able He's willing to do what he has promised. There is an issue of faith and obedience on my behalf. What if that woman would have said, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave. Okay, I'm so sorry. I can't believe, you see how mean he is? He calls him God. Oh my God. I got a pretty good lady's voice, don't I? And, and, and I'm just like, wow. I'm going to go tell everybody. I'm going to do a Google, a Google search and I'm going to type up bad reviews for that Jesus. How many of you know people that are angry at God because they didn't get what they wanted? Come on now. I said, come on now. Sister Tina, God doesn't give us everything we want. He gives us everything we what? Need. Sometimes, I mean, the other night, I was asking him for the numbers to the Powerball. I mean, I, I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask. I said, Lord, I can help your kingdom with $1.2 billion. I can, I can be a soul winner. I already built a, a new, I didn't build a new church. Ladies and gentlemen, I built a complex. I built every one of you a, a, an apartment out here. Uh, I, I've got uh, boys' homes and girls' homes. i got a drug recovery center. I, got my, I said, Lord, it's going to be good. You need to bless us. You need to bless me. I even made a promise. Lord, you let me have that ticket, right? You let me, you give me those numbers, and I'll put it in the offering plate for your glory. He said, I don't need your $1.2 billion. And by the way, you can't win if you don't play. I'm just saying. Just saying. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord and he says to me, I don't need your $1.2 billion. You know what I need more than? He says, I own the cattle on 10,000 hills. I'll give you whatever. What I need is willing hearts and committed spirits. You can't buy willing hearts and committed spirits. Oh, you can make them fake it until they make it by giving them money, right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, I could pay, uh, we could have a full house tomorrow if I said I'm going to pay $100,000 to every chair that's full, right? This place would be a line out the door. 
But God is not moved by money. God is not moved by my emotions. God is moved by one thing, and that is faith and obedience. God is moved by the thing that we cannot buy or sell. God is looking for a church that will raise up in this hour, a remnant amongst the people that will make themselves known, that will say, uh, this is my God, and his name is Jesus, uh, and I want to tell you what he's done for me. Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you believe that today. So the daughter was made whole. Watch this in Mark 6 and 54. And, and when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. How many know when you're with Jesus, you're going to know him? The Bible says in verse 55, and, he, and, and ran through, uh, though that whole, throughout that whole region roundabout and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. They saw him get off the cruise ship, right? Oh, that's Jesus. And they said, watch this. They I think this is so beautiful about a community. They didn't say, I'm going to run to him and get what I need. The Bible says that there was a heart of the people that said, we're going to run out through all of our region, our town, and our village, and we're going to gather everybody we know who needs to be healed because we hear that Jesus is a healer of broken hearts and broken souls and broken bodies. And so what happens is so, so beautiful. The Bible says that they begin to carry the sick to him. And this is, this is what happened in verse 56. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets. Ah, oh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I wish we had this kind. I'm believing God. I'm praying for this. This week I prayed for this kind of faith. They, they didn't. It's like the woman that touched the hem of his garment. He, she did not even want his attention. She had faith enough, expect enough to say that if I just touch a piece of his cloth that I will be made whole. These villages and cities in this region, there was a faith amongst the people that said we're just going to lay them in the street and when he walks by, that shadow you see right there is going to heal them. We believe that he's a healer and therefore he does not have to speak or touch. All it needs is his shadow. Oh, I need some people that have faith for just a shadow of Jesus because it's his presence and his spirit that heals the sick and raise the dead too many times we want fanfare we want uh, all this uh, God to come down and speak uh, it's why online prophecies and prophetic words are so popular people don't want to search for God they want God to come to them and God is here to say it's not that way in my kingdom seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added we look here and find that they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he might touch if it were but the border of his garment there's something about his garment right here there's something about getting a hold of Jesus and as many as touched him were what made whole they were made whole they were made whole I'm going to talk about wholeness right now if they if they were losing or missing an arm if their leg was too short it grew if their finger was too long it shortened I'm here to preach to somebody that you have to understand that Jesus came for one reason that they might be made whole that they might be delivered from sin in Luke 
I'm closing. In Luke 8 and 49, the Bible says, Yet while, while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue house and said unto him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, when Jesus heard it, a servant, the centurion was trying to get to Jesus. And while he was trying to get to Jesus, one of his servants, one that was under him said, Hey, don't bother the master anymore. She's already dead. But Jesus, someone shout, but Jesus, but Jesus heard it, but Jesus heard it, but Jesus heard it. I need someone to hear this today. You need to cry out to the Lord so he can hear your cry. Quit being so silent and so muted with God. Oh, but pastor, he knows what I'm going through. No, that's not the issue. He does know what you're going through, but there is something about the willingness of man's mouth and heart to speak it that Jesus requires. Jesus requires because it's called faith. It's called obedience. Someone say amen. What does the Bible say? And, and don't, don't bother the master. Uh, you know, he's, and, but when Jesus heard it, he said to him, fear not. Someone shout fear not. Come on, shout it. Fear not. I want every soul in this place to shout fear not. Come on, someone shout fear not. Believe only. Come on, believe only. Uh, have faith only. No, no doubt, no fear, no fear, no doubt, no doubt, no fear. Only faith, 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 faith. Why? And she shall be made whole. If you'll fear not and believe only, you're going to get wholeness. Too many of us, we enjoy our fears and we reserve our faith. We are from the Missouri state of show me and I'll believe it. God is saying you'll never see it until you believe it first. Because that's what faith is. In, in John 5 and 5, quickly, the Bible says, And a certain man was there and, which had an infirmity for 30 and 8 years. Someone say 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been... Now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? He walks up to the man who had been laying at this pool, a healing pool, that when the angel troubled the water, the first one to get in that pool would be healed. And, and Jesus walks over. By the way, he ignores the tradition of the angel troubling the water. Do you notice this? Because he wasn't there to build upon old traditions. He was there to bring new life and new things. So we look and see that Jesus walks over to him. He sees that he's been there a very long time. He knows he's God. And he says to him, will thou be made whole? It's a simple question. And it's presented to you today as individuals online and in this house. It's presented from Jesus himself asking... We know that he, how many know that he died on a cross for your sins and mine? Well, does anybody know that? Do you know that he loves you? I said, do you know that he loves you? Do you know that he's coming back to get you? Someone shout amen. The issue is, the same chapter we find deliverance from sin, we find healing for our lives and body and our souls. It's not just healing on this earth, it's healing for eternity. It's healing from sin. 
They ripped the roof off for the man. And the first words he, he said when he got lowered down is, Thy sins are forgiven thee. He didn't say, Be thy healed. Stand. Then, after he said, Thy sins are forgiven thee, he said, Stand up and walk. Take up your bed. You see, wholeness is also not just about getting better. Wholeness is about getting whole in your spirit. Body, soul, and spirit, they are connected in ways that we cannot even understand. Scientifically, we know that there is a connection. We know spiritually there's a connection. We know in our own selves, in our own experience, there's this connection between our bodies and our souls. When our bodies are weak and hurting, uh, it affects our spirits and then it affects our souls. Am I right? Someone shout amen. As we know there's this connection and Jesus came to make them whole. But he didn't just come to make them whole to walk better and to be better. He, he made them whole to make them new creatures in Christ Jesus. To take away the sting and the, the whole mess of sin. To bring them to a new place that they didn't live in their past or by their past. But they lived in the spirit and by the Holy Ghost. In this moment, Jesus looks at him and he says, Wilt thou be made whole I believe in that moment that man in the split second thought he's he's wanting to heal me from this infirmity in my body so that I can rise and walk again but little did he understand that Jesus was asking for the bigger picture we look and see that the impotent man answered him sir I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool Jesus could have simply said, I'm going to appoint a man. Will you come over here, right here, right, yeah, right now. See this man? As soon as the water's troubled. Matter of fact, I'm going to trouble the waters myself and push him in. You say, that's funny. God, do you believe Jesus could have done that? Sure he could have. He's God. But he didn't mess with the tradition of man. He didn't mess with what was going on in the current religious atmosphere. He decided to take that man on a journey that would lead to eternal life, not just better life. Oh, did you hear what I just said? Too many of us are looking for better lives and not eternal life. I'm here to preach that God wants to give you both. I said, I'm here to tell you that God wants to give you both. He wants to give you eternal life, but he wants to give you a better life. But you see, a better life requires faith and obedience. Obedience to the one that saved you. Obedience to the one that can heal you. He, the Bible says, and immediately the man, Jesus said unto him, rise, everybody shout rise. Take up thy bed and walk, and immediately, everybody shout immediately. Sounds very similar to the other stories we were reading. And from that hour, she went and was holding. From that hour, the, the, the daughter lived immediately. The man, when you get in tune with God, connected to God, and get yourself out of the way, get yourself back to the altar, get yourself in the will of God and in the obedience to his word, you will have immediate results. What, what do you mean, pastor? I'm talking about what the word of God says. This is not my idea. This is what Jesus is showing us. And the Bible says the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The reason I say that he was not going to mess with that world because it was the Sabbath. And for him to heal on the Sabbath, the Jews thought he was a, a lunatic and, and a heretic. But Jesus did not let, listen to me, tradition stop this man from getting what he needed from him. We can see and learn in these examples a common thread of truth. I'm really serious about closing this time. Come on, someone help me. The Bible says, oh, come on, someone help me. 
The Bible says, and we learn from these passages very quickly, number one, if I seek him, I will find him. Someone shout amen. Amen. Number one, write these down. Someone online help me. Number one, if I seek him, I will find him. The issue is who are we seeking? Do we want a part-time Jesus? Do we want a full-time Lord? Who are we seeking? Number two, all of the people Jesus made whole in these scriptures we just read had to be willing to part with the lifestyle they had become accustomed to. In other words, the beggar had to stop begging. In other words, they had to quit being victims and start being overcomers. Do you hear me today? You have to live in faith, believing that God is going to do what he said. But if you continue to stay where you're at, you'll never move in the faith that God wants. Why? Because you're not obeying him and going and doing. Come on, move. Stop standing still. The Bible says and, uh, and tells us through these passages that the third thing we learn is that fear and doubt and unbelief were counterproductive to the miracles. Only believe and have faith number four is this we learn do what Jesus says come on someone shout it do what Jesus says obedience to the Word of God is not a question of negotiation it's not a question of whether I should or shouldn't it's not how I might interpret the scripture it is what does thus saith the Word of God and then obeying that word we look and see these four points i got to seek him if I'm going to find him. I, I've got to quit living like a beggar. I've got to stop my fear and doubt and just believe and have faith. And I've got to, most of all, be obedient to the word of God. The question that rings in my ear today was the focus of my prayer this week. And that is, why are there so many broken lives in the church? Saved but not whole. And here's what the Lord told me with a loud voice. And it's especially so in the hour in which we find ourselves. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That which is sacred has been sprinkled with that which is unholy. That which is not godly has been left to grow the corner of our hearts because it involves our pleasure centers and our pleasant centers make our flesh happy we all struggle because that's what Paul said we would do but you can be an overcomer in Christ you are not a slave to sin you are an overcomer in Christ Jesus so we look and find very quickly that a little leaven you know, I've met with and spoke to so many people that they have left what they used to be in Christ. These last several years has challenged us, but I believe the greatest revelation for God's people has been about themselves. It's not been about our government. It's not been about, oh, that all was some revelation, all right. But it's been more about us as individuals. Have we allowed a little leaven into our life? And it's leaveneth the whole lump. He is calling us. He is healing us. He will make us new creatures in Christ. But we have to stop 
being beggars. We've got to get rid of the old habits that have re-creeped back into our spirit. The hang-ups that we have allowed to go back into our lives. The sin that has uh, so easily beset us. And we have got to turn and bring our brokenness back to the cross. Back to the place where we first begun. He is there. He is willing. He loves us. He wants us. But he will not force you to do one thing. He is waiting on us as a body of believers, as a community, as a church. You say, Pastor, you should be preaching this to sinners. I am preaching it to sinners. Because we are all sinners. Saved by the mercy and grace of God. Don't let the world steal. Don't let it make you lukewarm. Do not allow it to make you excuse things that you know God is convicting you about. I'm preaching to somebody in this house and online. God is calling you away from sin and back to Calvary. God is calling you away from the temptations and back to a place in Him, the refuge, the rock that you can lean on. Don't let fear, don't let condemnation rule your life. No, no, no. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Don't walk according to your flesh. I know it's tempting. We all do for moments and times in our life. But walk according to the Spirit. Walk in grace. Walk in mercy. Walk in truth. Allow the enemy to be put under your feet. Oh, not by your power. Your righteousness has filthy rags. But there is one that makes me righteous and his blood covers me and it washes me and it makes me whole again. Uh, Paul said to the Galatians, you did run well. You did run well. Man, you were going great. What happened? Who did hinder you, Paul writes, that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that hath called you. God did not call you to laziness, laxadaisiness. God did not call you to, to fear and doubt. He called you to faith and obedience. Are you ready to pour out the old man? Are you ready to say, yes, Lord? God is raising up a remnant in this hour. That if we... That are, oh, I'm going to preach to somebody. If we will connect and come together in the spirit of unity and we will come together in prayer and in fasting uh, and we will see miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, we will see uh, dry ground be refurbished. Uh, we will see restoration of homes and lives and families. Uh, we will see your finances change. I know we're in a recession, uh, but I serve a God that was before the recession and he'll be after the recession. Uh, I know we're at war, but I serve a God who holds the world in his hand and he will be God after the war he'll be God before the war I know we're in trouble we got things social issues that are horrific and bad and we should rise up against them but I'm here to preach to somebody God knew it was here and understand that the sin is being revealed in this hour and I believe that God is allowing people to repent and come away from that sin but we have got to stand we have got to pray we we have got to be willing to say my brokenness is going to be a blessing to somebody <laughs> because God wants to take your brokenness and show the world what he can do so they can see your works and glorify the father how many believe what I'm preaching today come on stand with me stand with me oh yeah 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 I feel such a 
there's a beautiful spirit of conviction here this morning. God is speaking to us as a church, as a community, and as the church of the living God. Those of you that are online, you know you feel this presence of God I'm speaking to, even in your home, your car, or wherever you might find yourself. There is a spirit that says the world wants to cave us in and make us believe things that are not in the Word of God. Can I tell you something? The Word of God is unchanging. It is absolute, and it is absolutely what we have to be said. We have to obey. How many believe that today? That's where God wants us. So today, I'm going to invite you to pray. I'm going to invite you to find a place of prayer, whether it be in your seat or at this altar, to rededicate your life to a place where you say, Lord, I don't want partness. I don't want a little bit. I don't want part healing. I want wholeness in my life and in my family. Can I tell you something? As you parents, adults, as you get whole in your spirit, your children will begin to become whole in theirs. Some of you are fighting battles. You don't know what to do next, but God is here. Someone shout, God is here. He's willing. Come on, someone say willing. He's able. Listen, men's prayer on Saturdays and women's prayer. If you're a man, you should be at those prayer meetings. Why? You should, well, I, 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 we have, no, listen, it's one hour. Can you not watch with me one hour? Jesus is calling this church to a lifestyle of prayer. Men, you need to be here. Women, you need to be here. You need to, why? Because uh, you want to make heaven your home. Too many of us are worried about temporal and not eternal. Uh, God is calling this house uh, to a spirit of prayer, to a time of prayer, to a place where we say, not our will but thy will be done to a place where I say Lord I'm tired of living part way I want to live in wholeness holy preserved for God come on put your hands in the air all over this house Father we love you today you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope come on you restore every heart that is broken. Come on now. Great are you, Lord. We serve a great God. This altar is open right now. If you want to come, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, in our love. You've never given Jesus your so heart. We come on, I want to help you do that this morning. If you've never been baptized in his name, come on, I want to help you. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, come on now, I want to help you today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, praise is your breath. Yeah, yeah. In our lungs. Oh, yeah. So we pour out our praise. God wants to help you today in Jesus' name. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our lungs. So we pour out our praise. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise.